Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Each Sold Separately. Collect them all, an action figure podcast with me, Colonel Rain's Carr, and your friend and mine, Brian Charles Rooney. This week's special guest is Mr. Tim Sheridan, Fancy Pants Hollywood writer of Reign of the Supermen. He's also worked on Teen Titans Go, DC Superhero Girls, Justice League Action, and many others. He's here to talk about DC Comics toys and the toys he loves. We will get right back with you and Mr. Sheridan right after a word from our sponsor. This is Sizzling Action. It's Batman. At his best, crime has gotten messy since Clayface came to town. Ready to take charge, it's Lightning Strike Batman. Eat dirt, Batman. Peace down. So it's Nightstar Batman's turn to get rid of this mound of mud. Now what's up? Here's Batman in his arrow bat. Flipping out to put an end to this mess. Figures the vehicle each sold separately. Batman, the best just got better. Not right now, though, because I'm so sick. I can't even barely talk. Oh, jeez. Ah! Well, everyone, welcome. Oh, welcome to... Shut up, Brian Charles Rooney, and everybody, welcome to Each Sold Separately, Collect Them All, an action figure podcast with me, Colonel Rain's Carr, your friend and mine, Brian Charles Rooney, and our special guest... Mr. Hollywood Fancy Pants, Tim Sheridan. Ooh, hi, everybody. I wore my fancy pants for this. Fancy pants! I don't see any pants at all. I'm a little terrified. How do we know you're actually wearing your fancy pants? Listen, you should be happy I wore pants at all. I'm a writer. Normally, I sit around in my underwear. Thank you, Tim, for joining us from your Hollywood jacuzzi overlooking the ocean in Malibu. Because uh, I know writers are the best well-paid people in the in the business, and um, that is correct. <laughs> and you guys get what you deserve. Um, but no, Ouch. welcome, welcome to the podcast. I know that you are a listener of the podcast. What are you? I'm a, I, let me just say, I'm a longtime listener. I've listened to all nine episodes <laughs> up until when we're recording this one. I don't know if this is episode ten. Is this episode? This yeah, is episode ten. 10. Yes, That's right. All right, then I've listened to every episode. Hey, I mean, nine episodes, ten episodes, that's more than a lot of podcasts out that's there. True. And it's I certainly... actually, I'm surprised Let Brian Charles Beardy made it this many episodes without being replaced. You know, it's sad. Let me just say this. Click. <laughs> <laughs> and there go all your subscriptions. <laughs> I've listened to all nine episodes and the beginning of this episode, and already I have notes. <laughs> you already I have, have notes? a lot of notes. I'll bet you do. My you gosh. have notes That's Warner Brothers. Nodes. That's Warner Brothers talking. That is Warner Brothers talking. I've done a little work with those guys, yeah. That's hilarious. Well, Tim, welcome to this podcast. We wanted to have you on, not just because you're a fancy pants Hollywood writer that writes a lot of stuff for Warner Brothers and others, uh, but we wanted mm-hmm. to talk to you about toys because I know personally that you are a huge toy collector, and I'm not sure yes. how that happened, but you are Fair a man. large toy collector. When you he's a huge, huge toy collector. By huge, I mean he's 750 pounds, and he's made of toys. He just eats them. He's just made of toys. He only eats Jabba the Hutt toys. Um, call him the trash heap. That's right. Um, no, that's not true at all. So No, uh, but that's how both of us, I mean, I, that's how I know you. I met you at Comic-Con. Through our all of our mutual friend Ted, um, and when what year did we meet? Oh that gosh, a long time ago. This is a 20, long time ago. 2011? Oh, that was now. So, Rains and I went to our first Comic Con together. I'm sorry, the Colonel and I. Yeah, right. thank you for Comic-Con the proper use together. of my name. By the way, are you going to tell anybody where you got that nickname? Who gave you that nickname? Yeah, yeah, we Colonel need to hear that Rains, story now. Uh, well, all my friends, uh, well, particularly Tim Sheridan. 
always said that I got always. everything. I was always lucky, and I got everything easy because I was this southern slickster like Tom Sawyer that made everybody paint the fence for me. <laughs> so I started to get this nickname, Colonel Reigns, who sits on his porch in his rocking chair. And well, uh, that nickname was that I don't get full credit for this. No, no, no. This I'm going to say right now that it was given to me by Colonel you in the original Colonel Reigns image that is no longer 2019 appropriate. Was created by Tim Sheridan on an old Photoshop program. It was popularized. Program. Oh, that's right. Yes, I forgot about the inappropriate image of Colonel Rain. It's me in a like Confederate war outfit, like oh my know, God. General Beauregard. Kind you of look outfit. like Boss Hogg. That's not inappropriate anymore. What are you I talking about? I look like Boss Hogg in that. But yes, Tim Sheridan gave me the name Colonel Rains. I stole it, and um, forever have now. <laughs> that's my name in the toy world. Is Colonel Rains my name in the rest of the world? Is who the hell are you? So we I feel went like to I knew that Comic-Con together oh. in 2000. Yeah, oh my goodness. Do you remember like we were we were like Reigns, I didn't even know about San Diego Comic-Con and Reigns was like so there's this thing called San Diego Comic-Con <laughs> and it all kinds of shit. Was it like and at all big and like, I don't or was it still like in the basement with just bins of comics? No, no, no. It was it was it's probably big. about a fourth of the size it is now. But okay, it was so enjoyable. And you could go on a Sunday like we did that first year mm-hmm. and show up mm-hmm. with, uh, with, you know, buying a day badge. And, yeah. uh, and, we, and it was like, I couldn't believe what we saw. It was incredible. It was the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. And um, I, I wish I could say I've been every single year since then, but I missed I think two years something in there. Yeah, there's a couple of years that we missed in that time when I we were going for almost a decade straight. But we did miss a couple of years by being poor or who the heck knows what. Mm-hmm. But Tim also worked at many times where we got a fancy hotel across the street and we yes. rode in elevators with Mark Hamill and it was pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> I have not been in an elevator with Mark Hamill. I have with Seth Green. Oh, we've done Seth and... Green too. Don't you worry. Seth MacFarlane and all the Robert, people of Hollywood and, and Robert Downey Jr. who was tiny. Yeah, I peed next to him one time. He was a pretty small guy. He's you very short. Showing us how to take out a guy's kneecaps with a baseball bat. Yeah, Gene Simmons did that. Mm-hmm. That's when we exhibited <laughs> at Comic Con. That was really fun. He seems incredible. like he'd be fun to hang There's out. There's a with, great uh, video somewhere we have of Tim uh, walking around like my old comic book character and interviewing Comic Con nerds and making fun of them in the interviews. It's almost like those Jimmy Fallon things where they make fun of people on the streets. Oh, uh, that is yeah. And, that's like uh, uh, Billy yeah, on the street pretty, type yeah, thing. Before exactly. That's before I had love for you know uh, all the nerds at Comic Con who I am one of. That's um, true. They, I mean, that place <laughs> is incredible now. I feel like when I go there, I mean, it's so crowded and so crazy now that it's it is um, it's really hard to do anything. But I'm I'm going to put my fancy pants on for a second and just tell you that last year I had a movie. I had I'd written a Scooby Doo movie that premiered at San Diego Comic Con, and so I was <laughs> there officially to promote something, oh. and I was. I was shuttled around like through the back corridors of things on golf carts, whisked to like the green room with like food and you know, I was like, This is the this is incredible. This is the That is really it. cool. I wish yeah, I wish that everybody could get the behind the scenes like treatment at Comic Con because it, it just to not have to fight the crowd 
was the greatest thing I think that's yeah. ever happened to me at Comic Con. The closest I've ever come to that, other than hosting or running moderating panels at PowerCon, which is no comparison, is um, being asked to do uh, out artists in the industry uh, at New York Comic Con, and that um, I couldn't do it the last two years because they I had shows, but. Um, that was a similar thing. Like you don't have to, there are no line, there's no line waiting. I mean, New York used to be a lot more fun and a lot more manageable compared to San Diego. But in the last couple of years, it's become ridiculous. They, they have Mm. purposely, purposely made it so that it's as, as many people as possible. And that it is extremely uncomfortable to walk around. It's just not as fun anymore. I just went to my first New York Comic Con. Now, New York Comic Con, I lived in New York for a couple of years, and it was a thing then, but it was really small. When did and you live here? I didn't go. I was there 2009 to 2011. And really? I, Why didn't I? Oh, well, no, well, that was before we I think met. it's before y'all met, yeah. Like, just right been, before. And so, I, but I just went to my first New York Comic Con. We were uh, promoting um, a movie that uh, came out this year, and... I so I got to do New York Comic Con. I got to see it, but I also got to kind of got to go. I didn't have to fight the crowds, which was right. Nice. But it right. reminds me of I used to work for Mattel. I used to do. I used to be like a one of those booth babes. Yes, a yes. booth babe. That's me. <laughs> um, he played I, Shira at the Mattel booth. Oh my god! I did. did no. I was I was the guy they hired who could talk. You know, who didn't look good, but who could talk. Um, and so I did that for like 10 years. So I used to do New York toy fair toy fair. Yeah. And that was crazy. And New York comic-con was bigger than that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Toy fair. I, I enjoy toy fair. It's in the same place. They do it in the Javits center, or at least they, they used to do it, uh, over on Harold near Harold square. Um, when I started, we used to do Mattel had its own showroom down on like 23rd street. Yeah. And that's over near Harold square. That we used to do it the old toy building. Um, but now, now it's in the Javits center, but it's so much more relaxed than either, yeah. either New York or San Diego comic-con. Cause it's I, like I awesome stuff the, to yeah. see, but I miss no those comic-con people. days where you could walk around. You didn't have to spend three days trying to get the toys you wanted. You could right. walk into anything and meet people. You could just walk up and meet oh. people. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's like, you know, we've walked up, Tim and I have met people in a room full of 50 people, and then the next year there's 50,000 people. <laughs> we can't right. see them. Right. Prince, can I ask you, I'd like to ask you a question about this very successful podcast that you have uh, uh, been hosting. Yes, here with yes, of course. And mine, uh, Brian, Brian Charles Rooney. Um, is this just a scam so that you can become part of the toy industry press and go to Toy Fair International? Well, well, the answer to that question is some of us have already done that. Oh, well, I've, I've, I've actually been to Toy Fair, um, and to come Comic Con as press. Uh, writing so for you're going to bring your friend Colonel Reigns this but, time? Is that what but you're That's the thing I is think, Colonel uh, Reigns, yeah, I can't get my professional credits for Comic-Con anymore because I don't have any recent credits in Hollywood. So um, no, no, I need Toy press Fair. credits really? now. Or Toy Fair. I've never Toy been to Fair. Toy Fair like you guys. I've actually never been. So it would be pretty darn exciting to go. So, yes. I this think is you're an elaborate scam. Toy industry press guy now. Yeah. And- I am. We have about I thought about 000, that. Actually. We have about fifty thousand downloads a week because there's that many toy people in the world. Um, no, that's not true at all. But the um, yeah, we actually have this. Listen to this. There's like people in Indonesia listening to us. How weird is that? 
and I Australia, time, New Zealand, all kinds of weird places. This would be a good time to pause the podcast and thank the good people at the Toy Industry Association. <laughs> the Toy Industry Association who brings you New York Toy Fair every year. They're fantastic. They I'm are hoping, fantastic. yes, I am hoping at some point if we're up in the 50 plus episodes range that we can actually say, hey, we have a podcast that people listen to. Yeah. Uh, please invite me to Toy Fair because if I have to look, listen to Pixel Dan talk about something, I may have to kill myself. <gasps> Terrible. Oh my God. <laughs> Did I just say that on this podcast? Oh, shit. He's my friend. And he, uh, yes, I like him. He's a he nice is. guy, but boy, his voice just grates me a little bit. Out. There's some people's Ouch. voices that just really. I think we need to have a battle, and, and there needs to be an episode where we have him on and you guys can argue. <laughs> no, I would love I'll to just do laugh. That. No, I actually have been listening to he and uh, the guy he used to partner with for a long time. I forget his name. Uh, way back in the early, early days. I used to watch their stuff all the time, and, and I've talked with them a bunch. And um, Well, you know, you guys were out there in the wilderness. Like, they paved the way for you Yeah, know, they did. They, were you know, they did. They you want to know what's really funny is that back when he first started doing the He-Man uh, video reviews, I had been thinking about it as well because we'd been talking about it on the org, on He-Man.org, as like, wouldn't it be cool to have this kind of video thing? And a couple people had been talking about it in a thread. And I just thought, wouldn't this be fun to do? But I just didn't have, I, I had no idea really how to do that. Like how to set up a room with any lighting. Not that he didn't, not that he had the kind of setup he has now. But no. it was something I thought I could do this. But I just, I was so busy with regular work, which is a good thing. I'd never, I didn't do it. And I think to myself, what if I had actually followed through oh, with yeah, that? What would that have been like? I've been thinking about this kind of like? stuff for like 10 years. Tim and I have been talking about this kind of video ones, the different ones for like 10 years. It'll be amazing it. when you when you upgrade to the video podcast. Like, you know, Rain, yeah. I don't know. I mean, Brian Charles Rooney's got a, you know, he, he's a, he's ready. He's camera ready. I don't oh, know. You're, you're, oh, you're oh. getting to a place, Colonel, where I think you might have a good place for podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, just because I just because I went into the mid forties here, <laughs> unlike you, you, you know, young you young children, living. I know. God, look at this. Thing, yeah. We'd have it's to actually awful. care about what we look like, though. No, my God, Ugh. it's horrible. It's wretched. No, I like Pixel. I like Dan. I just um, he's too enthusiastic. Oh, I have totally. A problem that, that's with his, too that's much enthusiasm. I just can't do it. That's I'm more of a <laughs> I'm a Shardimus Prime fan myself. Oh really? You know what? I have to yeah. say though, you are you guys are su surprisingly upbeat and positive about toys that sometimes I want to scream and uh, <laughs> get my hair out over. I think I'm I'm amazed that you're able to find the things that you love about them and talk about that because right. I'm the guy who would tell you everything I hate about it. Oh well, that I mean, doesn't sound you like you, you at all. Hear, you don't hear everything <laughs> that we edit out or that we like talk about before we start we start recording. That's true. I, like, I oh, am, yeah, maybe we I want mean, to get a free sample one day from one of these guys. That should probably <laughs> be a little. Yeah, if the yeah. Fan, has my friends at Hasbro and Super Seven are listening, and I really want that new, you know, I need that new Kingpin wave, please, and also Super Seven, please you send remember, me all your new figures. Do you remember when I wrote the? Um, I wrote this review of the, uh, oh, what was, it was the Metroplex. Yes. Was, yes. Um, what was that? Was it Combiner Wars or Titan's Return? I don't remember what it was. It was, I can't remember, but yeah. What did you write it for? 
Just on like uh, he wrote it for Toy News Eye, right? Okay. Oh, I think it was like actionfigure.com or something. I don't remember. AFI? I don't but they gave it to me. Yeah. I got it. And I got to write the thing. And my review was terrible. It was just like, I really love it. It's <laughs> they so don't, good. They love, but they like that. That's, that's what they want. <laughs> I had nothing bad to say about it. I was very happy about it, which is very unlike me. If they had known how unlike me it was to be that positive about a toy, like they would have, you know, given that thing even more legs. They would have promoted well, I that. I am down. looking at you, and you do have a Transformers the movie poster behind you, so I mean, you've got a little bias here. I do have a little bias, and I'm working on I'm writing for the new Transformers War for Cybertron series on, uh, for Netflix, which oh, I'm in the middle of that right now, actually. Oh, cool. Um, when is that, when is, that, is that show out already? It's not out yet, right? Not yet. I think it's coming. It's season one starts next year, I think. I think it's next year. I don't know. It's, it's in the press. You can Google yeah, it. Yeah, I've read about home. it. I just didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know if it was out or when it was coming yeah. out. Yeah. It's going to be well, so Well, I've got some formal questions for you because I've known you for a very, very long time. I've known you. Uh, we Too actually long. went to college together. Too long. I'm hoping that this is it. Yeah. We're done. Right? Yeah, we're done. We're going to be over. I'm tired of you anyway. Um, it's been over 20 years, so I'm sick of you anyway. But the... Um, First thing I wanted to say, since I've known you, actually, Tim and I have known each other for everyone out there that doesn't know us. And I've known Tim for a very, very long time. We were roommates in Los Angeles for a very long time. We've taken care of each other for a very long time. And we know we each other. We went to college together at Florida State University. And Tim is an actor and writer. That? And he does a lot of things. I did forget that because I always think about Daredevil's dad, John Hayden. I always forget that you were well, there. Well, I mean, so sorry. that was, he what, did. 400 years ago? So it's probably why you're forgetting Whoa. it. Oh, holy cow. You know. Actually, 400 was a bad, a bad one. You're no <laughs> 40 years ago. Oh, just because I graduated exactly 20 years ago in May, um, it's a little terrifying as that sounds. Oh, really? That I am, in fact, younger than Colonel Rank. You are. By he, what? A day? He's younger than me. I'm the old one. No, I'm the old two one. Years old he's two you. years younger than me, yeah. Look at how so he's in the middle between us. Oh, so you weren't in the same class. You just were there at the we same time. We were in the same class. I was in college for a really long time. Oh, he did it right. that like I didn't not, know. Unlike the rest of us who whizzed through too fast. Yeah, I was in college for a very, very long time. But Tim moved to Los Angeles, and then I moved it with him and Daredevil's dad and um, <laughs> Battling Jack Murdoch. And then Battling Jack <laughs> Murdoch moved away, and we stayed. And uh, now Tim is a fancy pants Hollywood writer. Uh, I remember when he just started his little spec scripts. He was such a cute little boy then, and now um, he's. Uh... You know, what started my career as a writer was I wrote a spec script, of just a sample script to show to a big time fancy Hollywood executive that we know to get notes of network. I wanted, I wanted to learn. I wanted to get network notes. He so doesn't ever want to give anybody notes. Why would you do that? <laughs> I know. So Sarcasm. I wrote a spec script based on a comic book that Colonel Reigns created. That's true. That is true. Oh, it's actually a great script, and we probably should do show? something. It's a really cool. It'd actually I be know. a great show. It'd actually be a great it, show. It, it, actually, wait, so wait, who are the good. characters? What is this? It's pretty well, good. Well, you'll have to look up Harvey Turnbull. If you Google Harvey Turnbull, you'll see you'll all kinds of some information on him. Yeah, it's a comic book I did, and we actually exhibited at Comic-Con and things like that. But Harvey my, my old uh, comic partner just sort of petered out on us, and so it never went anywhere. So Tim Aww. took the idea and turned it into sort of a half hour, and um, it was pretty great. It's great. It's actually a really great script. I read it about six months ago because I was like, wow, I want to read that script again. It's oh, a really? great script. Yeah, it's a great script. 
Well, thank you. But I mean, I didn't know what I was doing and it was, but it started everything for my, like, that was it. Like I was, I was kind of off and I mean, it took a while, but <laughs> yeah, that was well, what yeah. started. That just opened the door for me. So thanks for that. No, of Harvey course. Turnbull. So tell us, uh, Turnbull tell Ray. the listeners in <laughs> Toyland, what, um, what do you do for a living? Who are you? What do you do? Wait, we're only, how long have we been on this thing? 19, now, we even, 19 minutes. So what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes in and we haven't, I, I don't even I know who it. the hell you are. Yeah. We've oh, been, but we'll, no, but don't worry. We will intro you in the, uh, in yeah, the, in the post. Know, and and oh, a lot of people oh, will know yeah, anyway. Sure. Nobody so who knows who you? I am. Or what do you do? Or, so, so what I'll do you do? do? What do you do? Uh, I'm a big time fancy Hollywood screenwriter. I work. Uh, in... <laughs> and you're modest. I'm, yeah. Um, my work, if you look me up, you'll see my work has been in the animation space. Oh, so, I see. Um, I've written the best space. Yeah. I've written on shows like Justice League Action, now streaming on Hulu. Um, uh, DC Superhero Girls on Cartoon Network. Um, I've written some DC animated. Uh, I've written a DC animated movie called Reign of the Superman that came out this year, and I've got uh, some other uh, DC animated movie stuff that I've um, worked on uh, in the pipeline that I can't talk about. But um, uh, I've also written a couple of Scooby Doo animated movies, which were a lot of fun. That's like a dream come true. Getting very oh, Scooby Doo. Yeah. Uh, the first time oh, that is pretty cool. That's. Uh, you you will never be the same when knowing that <laughs> Matthew Willard is going to say it. It's pretty cool. That's um, true. That is true. What is your favorite thing about writing for DC? Is it is it because you're a toy fan or because you're a comic book fan or is it because of both? What would you say? I think that all of that stuff is completely connected, probably the way it is for you guys too, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I which is, I read comics and I collected toys that looked like the people that were in the comics and right. I watched the cartoons that were based on the comics or at least in part or at least based on the characters. All of that was the same thing and it still kind of is the same thing for me. I mean, I still collect um, toys. I mean, I, I actually, I shouldn't say I collect anymore. I don't collect. I will, uh, I will pick and choose and sort of, you know, I'm very discriminating about what I actually add to my collection. Sure. I don't buy whole, I don't go after entire things. Like we did Reigns with like Simpsons, World of Springfield. Like we went nuts. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like that, th those things, I, I don't do that anymore, but, but, um, but yeah, they've all, always been connected. You no. Know? So for me, it started with Batman comics in mm. the eight. And that was, that was what sort of opened the whole world up to me. Then I read my first Superman comics I ever read were Reign of Superman. And then I got to adapt those and make a movie out of it, which was kind of pretty, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Yeah, that was my first uh, <laughs> Superman experience as a as a reader, like a formal reader, not as a child. But um, and, and I have to say, watching it, I was watching it last night, actually, finally. And I loved it. And I thought it was really smart. <laughs> DC Universe um, app, or did you buy it on iTunes? How did I you bought get it, it on Amazon. It wasn't on iTunes, which was so weird. Oh, really? No, it was on I'm Amazon Amazon Prime. I, you know, I bought it and then watched it on that. No, I thought it was so strange because all the DC. I don't know if maybe they just took all the DC stuff off, but I normally watch all of the Warner Brothers DC stuff on iTunes, but it was not available. 
Mm, which I thought was they weird. They sold out of iTunes copies. They're, they have to gener- we have to make more. I guess right. You need to talk to those Warner Brothers and their sister Dot and see what the heck they're doing over yeah, there. Yeah, I thought that was I know, weird. I was over at the water tower looking for them. Uh, I wasn't sure if that, was, if that was due to maybe like the DC app now or or what but it was yeah, uh, strange yeah i don't know i thought it was still it was on itunes but you know what it is on the dc universe app it is uh available everywhere uh dvds and blu-rays are sold yeah <laughs> i've seen the dvd i've seen the <laughs> dvd everywhere i'm saying that so my friend gary miriano super pr guy at warner brothers mm. uh, will, will uh, be happy with me for saying that it's available <laughs> all over the place it is. I've seen it oh, everywhere. It and I, live in, I live in Florida, and I've even seen it there. <laughs> um, but Florida it was nice Man steals Reign of the Superman DVD from 7-Eleven parking lot. You know, that from iTunes, and it leaves no <laughs> copies um, <laughs> in a weird virtual reality. Um, it was nice seeing something from my childhood-ish childhood um, realized on screen that way. Especially by somebody I know, it was just surreal, and it was really well done, and really, really, um, I thought, and there were intelligent things in it that were kind of nice updates to make it, you know, current and relevant, um, and it was well acted. Thank you for saying that, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that cast is incredible. Right? There, there you was know. one casting choice I didn't love, and I'm not going to say oh, who no. it was, but. Um, <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. It, it's not. It doesn't matter. Um, but I love Rebecca. I love Rebecca Romaine. Although that, that's, that's a whole other conversation. I love them. I love them as a couple. I love them as fans of all this stuff. I love that they go on Drag Race. I love that they're on Andy Cohen's show. Like I love that they're super entrepreneurial and they're super good at what they do. And I just, and I really enjoyed. I loved her as Lois. I thought she was really good. Well, let me tell you that. It's, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but they're actually also like just the nicest people you'll oh, ever. I, no, that totally um, does not surprise me. Actually, they, they that whole cast is so amazing. They were all so much fun to uh, to work with and to go out and, and promote the thing with. And um, I, uh, I, I I was blown away by Rebecca Romaine. I had no idea that she could you know, do what she did with Lois Lane. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can't really, and I've heard a lot of great Lois Lanes. In yeah. Life. So it's so hard to, to think of who can top that. I mean, that's a, it's a really stellar performance, you know, in death of Superman and reign of the Superman, which really becomes yeah. her sort of movie, you know, after death of Superman, she really got to, to chew on a lot more in the, in the second one, which was really fun to write that because, right. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, these, these, Stories and these books are—they've been so dominated by male characters for so long that you know to see some of these, you know, these women who have been in—you know—we've been reading about for so long to get these incredible actors to portray them and to do them incredible justice, like Rebecca does, like Hokes yeah. uh, does, like—I um, mean, it's just—it's—it's it's a. It was a, a real privilege. I'm, I was blown away. And, you know, like I said, Jerry's amazing. Yeah, he's excellent in it. It's, 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 I, I, I knew he was playing the, the character, but I didn't think of him at, when I heard it, which is the same for most of the people in that movie. You know, sometimes you hear an actor's voice and you're like, oh, that's blah, blah, blah. 
and it's and it's a little distracting and not in a bad way necessarily it's just a little distracting um but he's definitely fully committed as an actor to not just giving you his voice under a given set of circumstances there are changes in the performance that i really appreciate they're just subtle little things you know um, what what drives me crazy the only the only thing that I a big regret I have is that there's so many characters in that movie. There were so many new characters that we had to introduce mm-hmm. um, uh, that um, that the, some of the fan favorites, like I mean, like Nathan Fillion is right. Green Lantern and He's so great in um, Chris Gorham. Uh, you know, like they, there's yeah. so many of these incredible Jason O'Mara. There's mm-hmm. so many of these great people, but they. You know, it wasn't ultimately a Justice League story. No. And so they there wasn't a lot of room to give them a whole lot to do in in that story, which but which is okay. the way it worked out of the comics, you know. But it, yeah. it's the kind of thing where it's like I'd like to spend more time with those guys. You know? so like right. Have right. Them <laughs> so you tell, will. Yeah, you will. You will. So tell me this, like working on something like Reign of the Superman or any of the Scooby-Doo's or the things that you've worked on. Um, what was the most sort of surreal moment of people Ask that you'd like coming out? I can't tell you. No, 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 any... no. I'm not telling. I'm not asking <laughs> what's coming out. Coming I'm saying out stuff you've already worked on. What was sort of your most like surreal Hollywood moment where some actor or somebody, uh, some writer or some big person that you've always loved uh, read your lines or read your script and said something about it or, or said or read you to film or yeah or whatever it was have, like what surreal moment have you had because i'm gonna hear that some fun story. stuff i have this is on my de- i'm sitting at my desk where i work right now and i I've, I've got this thing that's in a frame on my desk i don't know if you guys can see it but it was it's <laughs> oh, written on a little funny. card and it's from, a meeting, <laughs> it's from a meeting that i was in in 2016 and i was kind of, yeah i just kind of start now this was this was before I think, well, yeah, this was definitely before I was writing um, uh, Rain. And uh, we were just having this conference call talking about uh, a project we were working on. And um, because this guy uh, wasn't in the room, he was he was out of town. So we were on the phone with him. And I said something. I gave a note about something. And um, Alan Burnett, who is the great writer legendary writer and producer who everyone knows from batman the animated series and Mm. everything else Mm -hmm. um he said there was this beat after i said something and and alan on the phone says i agree with tim (laughs) and i stamp of approval (laughs) i fell on the ground and um one of my friends in the room wrote on the card in quotes i agree with tim uh alan burnett uh, February 11th, 2016. <laughs> and it's framed and it sits on my desk. That's awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Like getting to work, like Alan recently retired and he, he was, uh, he is, you know, just a, like I said, a legend. And I got to work under him and work with him and learn from him. And, you know, just on the last, you know, couple of years that he was still at Warner Brothers. And that's um, just, that's the an unbelievable way to start out. Uh, in that company, and um, and I'm always going to be grateful to him for for the opportunities he gave me and the things he taught me. So that blew my mind. But and then you know, there's a there's a getting to work with those people is amazing. But the day that we were recording a <clears throat> Justice League action that I wrote, and it was we were recording uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Oh God! 
<laughs> was <Yeah>. just <laughs> Kevin Conroy, who is a neighbor of mine. Yes. Uh, well, at least at least some of the time. I'm sure he's not here all the time. But yeah, he walks his dogs uh, on Central Park West and Central Park, and I live half a block from there. And I saw wow. him one day, and I was like. <gasps> Oh my god! And I don't I'm get. <laughs> I don't get that way. Like the well, only time I've ever lost my shit really was when I met Melanie Dubrit and um, at, at PowerCon and who voiced the original Shira, and I literally started sobbing. Like, I, and I, I called my partner. <laughs> wow. I was like, um, I now understand why people lose their minds yep. when they meet a famous person because I've worked with a lot of famous people and met a lot of people, and I'm like, oh yeah, we all impressed, have, yeah. but I don't lose myself emotionally but this was real close to that again i was like oh and then another time i saw him and i went up to him and i said i please because in new york this people never bother the famous people um and i just said i just want to thank you for all of the joy you brought me (laughs) through my life um, uh, you know, in your work in animation, and he was like, "Thank you, thank you." And it was like, "Oh my god, I, just, I cannot believe it." <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you two, two, two quick, uh, a quick Kevin Conroy, a quick Mark Hamill, and a quick Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill thing. So Conroy, so I wrote this episode of Justice League Action uh, called Watchtower Tours, and um, so I'm there. It's the first time I've ever met Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. Kevin Conroy is in the booth. And he's recording this his lines. And the Justice League Action, if you've seen it, is a is a funny show. It's got a lot of comedy and it's it's not a Batman that Kevin Conroy traditionally gets to do. Right. He normally is doing a much darker, more serious thing. So so I I, I had, you know, written some things for him and I guess, you know, Wes Gleason, the voice director, was having him just sort of play around and and because uh, he was having so much fun. Like Kevin Connor, he's like, he's like, I just never get to do this. I knew this is so much fun to, be, to actually have the jokes. Like Batman never gets the jokes, and so I had this beat where, and it's not in the, it didn't end up in the final cut of the show. But it's this little beat where Batman is leaving the Watchtower. He's leaving Booster Gold in charge of the Watchtower, and he says, yes. he says, and and Kevin added the line, which is hysterical. So he, so the, so the part I had written was like, yeah, I guess I should, uh, I guess I should go back home. Check the mail. <laughs> and Kevin Conroy says, feed the cat. <laughs> and everyone just fell over laughing at the idea that Batman has to go feed a cat. Like Batman answers to a cat. Right. Um, and 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 uh, so 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 let me tell you, so so after the record, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are in the booth, like, you know, hanging out with everybody. They're holding court. They're telling stories. They're talking. We take some pictures. We always like to take photos of everybody. And I took a picture that is all over social media of, of, uh, of Kevin and Mark. And they always post this picture to each other, and they love it. And I actually was the one who snapped the photo. And I, Kevin Conroy turns to me and says, can you email me that? And I said, oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my email address. And Kevin Conroy, first time I met him, gives me his email address. <laughs> Which was... And you've been writing I, him every day since every your time. Batman ideas, right? I, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, don't abuse this. Don't Kevin abuse this. Conroy <laughs> at thebatcave.net. <laughs> so, so Mark Hamill like, looks around the room, and, he, and this is... We're recording him right when... Um, uh, Force Awakens had just opened in theaters the week before. 
And he looks around the room. There was this little lull, and he goes, who hasn't seen Star Wars yet? And a couple of people in the room raised their hands, and he goes, all right, get out, because I'm going to talk about Star Wars stuff now. (laughs) (laughs) So those people were like, oh, okay. And they all left the room, and we closed the door. They left? Okay. I would not have left. Sorry. Here's the thing. People are saying this, this, and this online because they're all speculating about what's going to happen. But let me tell you. And then he went on to, like, say stuff. Whoa. That I can't say here. Whoa. He didn't give us any... I'd be willing to bet the stuff he said then was stuff that was intended and then was changed... And that may be now coming back. What, does that make any sense to you? What he told us was if we ever reveal what he says in that movie, <laughs> <laughs> hunt us down with his real life lightsaber that nobody knows that NASA You'll just, made for him. Oh, my oh God. I bet he's got one. I would and not be surprised. Take us down like a bunch of Padawans. That's what he's going to do. That's great. That's really great. I mean, well, that might be worth it, you know. <laughs> so Tim, have you That's been starstruck? Have you been starstruck by any of the? I mean, I know you've worked in Hollywood a long time. Brian, you worked on Broadway a long time. We've all met a lot of people. Um, you Oof. got starstruck there by Shira. I I got to tell you mine because Tim, I think you did you take the photo or are you with us when we went and met Mr. T? And oh I my was, God! Oh, that's right. It was it was Corey and his brother. I thought you were there. You were we were living together at the time. But that's we the only time I've been starstruck was when I met Mister T. You, you were so excited. And what's so funny about it is he was making an appearance at like the mall. Oh, something. it was one of those oh. awful like TV Land presents at the crap mall of crap. Mister T. Yeah, it was pretty funny. What happened? Grace died in the middle of that anecdote. I did. Oh, sorry. Did I die there? Uh oh, the phone went out. But the, no, I was just saying the. Um, <laughs> I think it's still recorded on my end. But, um, but no, I was just saying oh, that sure. I met Mr. T, who was my childhood hero, still is to this day. And uh, there's this great picture of me somewhere where I'm, you know, got my arm around Mr. T, and he's oh like God. pointing to the screen, and he was the sweetest man I've ever met. But that's the only person I've ever met in Hollywood that was starstruck by. But do you remember if it was before that or after that, that they did the joke on The Simpsons where Homer says, you like that time when Mr. T was at the mall and I kept saying, I'll just go a little later. I'll go a little later. And when I got there, they told me he'd already left. (laughs) What's funny is it was after that. It was after that. it was after that because yeah. I just couldn't believe that you and you'd never been more Homer Simpson than when you got the Mr. T picture and autograph at the mall, just like Homer. Oh, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Almost like the time I met Sergeant Slaughter at Comic Con. That was pretty exciting too. But uh, that's my nerdy stuff. Who? So who for you, Tim, was the starstruck moment for you in your time in Hollywood the last twenty years? Oh well, I mean, I think I already. It's Mark Hamill. Was it's totally Mark good. Hamill. Okay. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> it's of Luke Skywalker. Skywalker. Like, okay. I've had, no, but listen, like I've gotten to be there when we've recorded some amazing people that I can't tell you about. But um, but also like we uh, our granny goodness on Justice League action was Cloris Leachman. Oh, yeah. I mean, holy cow. It was unreal. It was unreal. I'm like, I'm really going into a room with Cloris yep. Leachman, Academy yep. Award winner. Yep. And for the millennials out there who don't know who Cloris Leachman is, Google her. Yes. Actually, no, better yet, YouTube her. Yes, please. Yeah. Go watch like, Last Picture Show her. already. 
Yeah. Get it together and watch the last picture show and watch Mary Tyler Moore and oh, yeah, yeah, my God. Young Frankenstein Young and Frankenstein. Society. Definitely. Yeah. And so many amazing things. That's She's that was super like talented. Tim, you remember my first job when I got to Hollywood was, you know, the assisting the directors for voice recording. And I like I walked in the first day and they're like, Are you afraid? And you're like, Do you get starstruck by celebrities? And I was like, unless it's Mr. T, no. And they were like, okay, we'll show up at this address. And my first day of work was uh, helping the director's voice record Kathy Bates and Brian Charles Rooney's friend, Alan Cumming, and your friend, Alan Cumming, for that matter. You guys have a weird Alan Cumming connection. We do. It's really strange. You both worked with Alan Cumming. It's really odd. And so have I. All three of us have worked with Uh, Alan Cumming. Isn't that weird? That guy gets around. Toy related. He certainly does. He did a pilot for a TV series called it's a sickness about people's obsessions and where he he hosted it okay i appeared in the pilot as someone he came to my apartment up in harlem right to come over and play with my doctor who action figure collection with me oh my god which i had this huge collection of doctor who figures right Colonel Reigns and I amassed uh, back in the day and uh yeah and so that was how i met him and he he um he was like just a, he was a sweetheart. I mean, I, I yeah, he's I, he's he's fun. He um he can be intense. He's definitely sure. um we I well we were in a show together and I was his love one of his love interests and we had to make out every night and it was like <laughs> eh, it was Good just times. um it was intense. Is this just gonna be a name dropping podcast? Because yeah, we just figured we drop my names. Feet are killing me. I can't so stop dropping time, names away. That time I was in the same city with Steven Spielberg. Oh my um, god, and Madonna was in my dressing room, and then Liza Minnelli <laughs> like, jumped out of her chair when I was on stage. Oh my god, and those are all true things, but I'm just going to be really obnoxious. <laughs> so anyway, um, as everyone clicks off. I, uh, Alan, I, Alan, Mark, uh, Alan, Alan's adventurous, I'll just say that. That's really funny. So tell me this, um, Mr. Sheridan. I know you can't talk about any projects you have on the horizon beyond Transformers. Um, but tell me this. How did you, because you are, you have a toy room. How did you get into collecting toys? <laughs> and what were your toys as a child? I, I mean, I know, but no one else does. But tell us what you collected as a child, because I know you were you were a fan. And what? how did you get yeah, into so, it as an adult? Yeah, well, for, when I was a kid, for me, it was all about Transformers and G.I. Joe. Um, that was everything. I was not a Motu collector at all. In fact, I, when I was a kid, I, yeah. That's Shame. Shame. There was actual steam coming out of Brian Charles Rooney's ears. Shame. Shame. You know, you know they, it was funny that there was a, there was a hierarchy in my school when I was a oh, kid. It was like this totally. thing where, the kids who, 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 were, who were Transformers kids were not the same kids as the kids who were the Masters of the Universe kids. The same so for me. Totally, I, totally same. I loved Masters of the Universe. I loved the show, He-Man, and I, I loved She-Ra a lot. And, um, but I felt like I could not express mm-hmm. that kid. I felt like I would be shunned. Well, and, so and I, growing up then, that was how we were trained. Like, you could, we've talked about this on other episodes. Like, you couldn't go into the pink aisle or you like a lot of kids would get in trouble like a lot of boys would get in trouble for being in that aisle so there's yeah i mean there's that 
kind of um or the furry well, pants man going on. On. yes right well, and then there's your, the 40 yeah. year old man walking down the pink aisle you gotta the looks i get now <laughs> <laughs> still, it's still not good out <laughs> no but there was definitely a hierarchy depending on the school and depending on the group like the at public school i went to i was actually ridiculed after the first year or two that i was collecting for liking he-man or liking toys at all which was weird because i'm like that fourth grade any sense at all i mean fourth graders are supposed to play with toys yeah, of course and then i went to catholic school and it was totally different like gi joe and he-man were cool and transformers wasn't in the for those in, in the yeah very very different environment so totally so that, totally relate to that so that was really that was as a kid, those were my big touchstones. And then when I, and Star Wars, but I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't as rabid. I wouldn't have considered myself a Star Wars collector as a kid, although I had a lot of Star Wars toys when Return of the Jedi came up. Um, but the stuff that I sought out when I knew what it meant to collect them all, like was definitely Transformers and, and Real American Hero. But, um, and then, you know, high school happened and college and like all of my interests sort of went in other directions. Yeah. Comics and watching movies and doing that stuff more than toys. So it didn't all re it didn't spark again for me, although I did occasionally pick up the actual you know, a toy here and there. It didn't all spark again for me until Rain's car moved in to <laughs> my in Which? Los Angeles and, and the world of Springfield uh, Playmates toys came out. Right. And I was, it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I had to have every single one now. And uh, we were like crazy people. And it was also the time oh, that man. Marvel Legends was taking off. And like, you know, that became a big thing. And, and it just sort of spiraled. It did? I think I, yeah, I, I, no, I mean, my toy collection. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> Marvel Legends <laughs> became a big thing. Did it, did it? Really? No, no, I mean, yes, my was toy huge. collection. Oh, I see what you're saying. It became a big thing for you. Okay. Me yeah. in the orbit of one Colonel Reigns, one cannot help. <laughs> well, and, and, and see and the, the beauty of this 10,000 roommates you had is in plastic form. With uh, range, yeah, that's a, no. We would go nuts with World of Springfield. We would go all over within a couple of hours of Los Angeles looking for stuff. We we wow. did early we did early eBay scalping as I recall when you couldn't find Smithers oh. and we found a few we sold one to Matt Lauer that was pretty cool <laughs> the up. disgraced Matt Lauer we, under, we didn't understand collector etiquette in those days we didn't know that we were no. doing wrong we just were like wow we made money off something we're poor how exciting no <laughs> yeah I don't, I want... about it, Toy Fair magazine yep. It's yeah, got a mention in Toy Fair magazine. Our our uh, our sale. That's right. I Here's forgot about that. To, it did to get Matt mentioned. In, yeah, it did, did get mentioned in Toy Fair magazine. But yeah, we they, just, got... they mentioned that we made that much money on a Smithers yeah. figure. From, oh, from Matt Lauer can afford it. It's okay, and he's he a good, so it's fine. Hey, but he likes Smithers, uh, so you know it's all right. At this point in the podcast, we should pause to say that this is in no way an endorsement of the activities or ideas expressed by one Matt Lauer. Yeah, uh, certainly not. But we do appreciate. In two thousand one, we appreciate. Should have his Brooke money. do it. Actually, it would be really funny. Yeah, we probably. should. I don't want to uh, know what he did to that Smithers figure after ooh, he got it. From I'm a little worried myself. Um, <laughs> he locked it. He locked it up with his <laughs> his bat desk with his buttons. So what else? The, like, the uh, what else did desk? you? No, what else did you collect after Marvel Legends? Sort of. Um, well, let me know, let yeah. me just. 
let me yeah. wrap it around a little bit for you because you know I'm a big DC Comics fan, and yeah. um, I got now that's not Steam. That is not Steam coming out of Brian's ears. That was that's exciting. There's thousands, thousands of cheering fans. <laughs> so, so, so you know what really sparked when Mattel started? Mattel started making better, some better DC toys in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, and they did some fun. They started experimenting with Comic Con exclusives. Do you remember the two thousand? It was like two thousand three or four. They did a, they did like these chase variants of Batman, and like they had this Batman figure where he was like off his cowl and they had one where he was fully unmasked oh yeah the horseman uh the early kind of pre-dc universe classics yes. batman line yes. yeah that's what it was and um they they made like a, a really small run of the fully unmasked batman with he had a little little battle damage where he like a rip in his shirt or whatever right. and they had a thing where it was like raffle tickets and you like they called your number and yeah. you got you got to buy a thing and you didn't know which one you were going to get. It was blind pack. So you didn't know if you were going to get the regular, the, the, the smaller run of the taking the cowl off or the completely limited run of the fully cowl off. Well, Reigns, I don't know if you remember standing there when I got my raffle. I ticket. remember. I remember. <laughs> got the thing. And we didn't want to open it, but we had to know. So we opened them up and I got the chase full mask off version. I couldn't believe it. And I think it's things like that. That like sparks something in me. Of course, yeah. About chasing these figures down and adding to the collection and putting them all together. So I started collecting some of the DC superhero stuff that that they were putting out um, in the 2000s. Um, and then like that was like DC superheroes, and it was like uh, DC universe classics, right? And then I don't yeah. know, you guys tell me. No, that was the evolution. It was that early Batman thing, and then then DC superheroes was like kind of a Batman Superman split line, and then it became DC, DC classics universe, proper. Classics I also yeah. love Reigns didn't love these as much, but I used to love the um, uh, uh, DC Direct figures that they were doing back then because um, they they didn't they were really great sculpts, but they didn't have. The articulation really, sucked. The articulation was terrible. The, yeah. the sculpts were legs. incredible. The sculpts are incredible. So they did a lot of great lines. Like they did the Hush line, which was mm-hmm. awesome. I loved that line. Like yeah. yeah. So there was some, a lot of DC Direct stuff that I collected during that time because I really just loved the sculpts, even though they ended up kind of being a little statue And they also didn't hold up well. Like some of them, like no. I got Harley Quinn's arm is falling off, and like, oh man! You no, know, a couple of my Hush figures broke, and I, they were just in a box. They weren't. Um, it wasn't like they were being thrown around. I always um, felt like they were very fragile. A lot of that DC 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 Direct stuff was fragile. But I, the thing I appreciated about DC Direct is they made every obscure, weird, yep. old timey comic ever, and there'll probably be never never be another line like that. I mean, it was unbelievable the stuff that they would make, especially classic stuff that they would make, like Superman's dog and Krypton, you know, all that, I mean, mm-hmm. the cat and Super Cat and. Uh, all the different, you know, just like you know, uh, Legion of Superhero. They did the Legion of Superheroes line. Um, what else? Was well, like the Legion kind of... of Superheroes line, based on the TV series, the animated series, never came out. No, they there did, was there was they one. Did that, a, um, what did I they was do? working at Mattel then, and I remember seeing all the prototypes 
for the Legion of Superheroes cartoon. Oh no, not from Mattel, from DC Direct. Oh, I'm sorry, from DC Direct. Yeah. yeah. No, I know the the Mattel. I remember hearing about I those. Guess, I, those were amazing toys, and they yeah. never got made. And I don't know if there are photos of those sculpts, but they were so great. Like the designs on that show were really cool. Um, and uh, I'm so sad they never made those because I and but I it was kind of fun to work at Mattel back then when I got to see the stuff that didn't get made and you know. I wish I could have taken photos, but that would have been yeah. a big buy that, that design center, which I don't know anything about. Um, <laughs> I can tell you everything about it if I want to violate my nuts. I don't have any friends at Mattel, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh, um, that's great. I think you guys know a lot of people at Mattel between the two uh, of you. Um that's really funny. Um, so what Most else? Most of them uh, are not there anymore. So what other? Should, are there any modern you know, sort of uh, DC things that you collect? You know, my favorite DC stuff that happens in the modern day is my favorite. Everything they make are these guys. Yes, <laughs> Imaginex. All of the Imaginex stuff. I, I just we have a huge we have like a huge Power Rangers Imaginex collection, and I've got a bunch of DC stuff. Um, uh, they're Talk all about- so great. The play sets are amazing. Yeah, the, the play sets, the Magin X play sets are out of control. So, cool. and they're starting to add in little weird, you know, the random characters that people wouldn't necessarily think to ask yeah. for, even all the time. And, and that's interesting to me because it's aimed at kids, but they're obviously made by fans for fans too, which is a nice totally. thing. It's nice when somebody who's fandom literate yes. is in the room making those decisions and making those toys, which yeah. doesn't happen a lot because no. that's not, collectors are not the focus of the toy industry right. um, for good reason. I mean, there's just, we're just not a big market ultimately. Um, but, but when those guys are able to, when they're able to merge those two things, when you can make something commercial that appeals to kids and then also appeals to collectors, right. that's a real sweet spot. Those things are really hard to find. And Imagine X is one of them that that's just not not out of the park every time, as far as I'm concerned. Well, speaking of some of the stuff you've worked on, did you guys see the incredible Imagine X Scooby Doo line? Mm. Oh my gosh! There they were out. So- they were out for a hot minute, and they were there when Toys R Us was closing. Well, yeah, and I meant right to go get them all, the and, I, and I missed them all. I missed them all, and they oh. were so incredible. I don't have one, I've, and I wanted them all. I did the exact same thing you did. I waited too long, and the only one I was able to get, I'm holding it right now for you to see. Scooby-Doo in the trash can. little trash can. I I wanted that line. What do you have? Okay, you've got the the hot dog dog cart. cart. Because I bought it for a friend who was looking for them, and then um, he didn't have, he couldn't find them, and then he ended up getting it and didn't let me know, so I I just kept Ah. it. The whole line is so amazing. If no one's seen the Imagine X Scooby-Doo line, it's one of the best Scooby-Doo lines ever made. Um, it's yeah. unbelievable, and it sort of is super collectible because it was kind of came out mm-hmm. right when Toys R Us was dying, and it was sold at a few places, but mostly at Toys R Us. So if you missed it, you're paying triple now on eBay. Good luck. Um, but there's a pretty incredible, a pretty incredible line. So what? Um, if in your toy room, what are your largest collections? What toys are your largest collections? Uh, Doctor Who from Character Options, um, definitely World of Springfield uh, from Playmates. Um, I've got a, I've managed to build up. So I'm one of those kids who his dad gave away all his Transformers when he got to a certain age, and I. Uh, but I've managed to build up a Transformers collection that's 
that's uh, pretty cool now. Um, uh, and um, now my our Power Rangers collection has just gone crazy, um, which is you know something I never expected because I wasn't a Power Rangers kid growing up. But now that's something that uh, well, stop marrying people younger than you, and you wouldn't have a Power Rangers collection. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Don't marry people younger, and you won't. Oh. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my favorite toys. Oh, Tim yeah. showing us the uh, Batman sixty six Mattel Batmobile, which I as soon as they the sixty six stuff became available, I went out of my mind. I have yeah, I that, have all of that stuff, all even the last play sets. The um, those those sixty six figures are fantastic. Every yeah. one is great. The, the 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 Batmobile, you know, they they had to cost it down. So it doesn't have like doors that work and stuff. Right. So it's, yeah. still, it's still really right. nice though. But it looks so good on my shelf mm-hmm. with Batman and oh, Robin yeah. in it that I can't complain. Mine's and I can right over by me. I love that thing. Yeah. Uh, we also, I, I guess that we almost got Egghead, Eartha Kit, Catwoman, and yep. one other, maybe Bookworm mm-hmm. at the end, but then they ended up canceling it. Like I'm so many still, other things, I'm right? I'm still then. missing the surfing ones. I don't have surfing Joker or surfing Batman. Those, <laughs> Those are, the are two fun. That oh, I'm missing. <laughs> the surfboards are actually really cool. They they're, they're it's, large. It's incredible that they even made these toys. Now yeah. we did have a like you know I don't know when it timed out. We had uh, Return of the Cape Crusaders animated movie and um, and Batman uh, versus Two Face animated movie from Warner Brothers and those were out. Uh, but I don't know if it was to coincide with the figures. No, that was af- they, they came out after. Those things had already yeah. died. They were still showing stuff at Toy Fair, like things that had been out already, but they weren't showing anything new. And I think that was probably because things were in flux. And there was so much changeover in boys' toys right at that point uh, at Mattel. And so people kind of brand managing were leaving, coming and going, changing product, pro- uh, projects. Um, but it makes no yeah. sense. It makes no sense that they ever made these. And the fact right. that we got the ones we did is incredible. And that they're so good. Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, I don't understand. Now, it's no wonder to me that the line had to be canceled because who there's only a small segment of us who would buy these. No, and they were they were at, at Toys R Us Times Square. They were all over the place. They had multiple place areas where they were put out, and they were at one point they were twenty seven ninety nine a figure. Holy and I thought cow. to myself, "Who in the hell are you kidding?" No, like I already bought these because who I bought them. To buy these. You're kidding me. That's who they were kidding because I wanted everyone. But for twenty seven ninety nine, like no, at the when it was care. obvious that Price the line was on its obvious. way out. No, no, no. They started off at a much more reasonable price, and then they kept raising the price. I guess because they sold well initially, and it. But then it just sat there, and they were. It, I just thought this is terrible. This is never going. These are never going to sell through, and the line's going to die. And it was. Those uh, were figures I. Hard. Those were figures I wanted my entire life. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, Tim. What were you saying, Tim? No, I was just going to say it's hard to use the Toys R Us in Times Square though as a. <laughs> Because that, first of all, I mean, that place was nuts, but that place was designed as a tourist destination. It was, yeah. they wanted things warming the pegs in those stores. I'm sure they were jacking up the prices to keep the shelves looking full of all of this crap that was out I there. Don't, no, I don't know about that because they didn't have, 
uh, stock rooms in that particular branch, and they definitely sold through their products pretty quickly because the traffic is crazy. And well, especially now, tourism, like the tourists, their money was just worth more, and their crazy. buying power was well, crazy. Was, yeah. So they were willing to spend more on Batman toys. Yeah. I guess so. Um, but it, but it was definitely so. I'm sure some of them sold through, but the twenty seven ninety nine at one. I was just like, what are you that thinking? I, I that's, yeah, that's nuts. Crazy. Well, that's I bought crazy. mine. I think that's I bought my cool. yeah. No, I think I bought my first ones at a comic store, so I think I overpaid about twenty five bucks each, um, because I'd one of those toys my entire life, and I was saddled with the old Mego Batman and Robin that I pretended to be the right. Adam West Batman because there was no Adam West Batman ever. And that show was on repeat everywhere when I was a kid. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still crazy about that show. And the, so the fact that they, they made the Adam West head. Yeah. That they, in that last made, play set. It's incredible. Like they, really they made the, the exclusive Batusi set, which was amazing. Yes. Like they, you know, I can't believe what we got out of that little line it was beautiful. Oh, it's unbelievable. The Batgirl figure was great. Um, oh, yeah. There was the single of her and the three-pack. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic line. And just... No, I mean, that's such, a, that's such a beautiful thing. So, Tim, tell me this. In your toy room, if you had to pick, there was a fire at your brand new house that you have now. First of all, if... how dare you even put that in the ether? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if there all was right. a hurricane yeah. a-blowing... Um, if they were going to build a monorail, monorail on top of your house, and they had to scrap it. Oh my it, god! What would be the uh, one line, one toy line that you would run out the door with? It would be a hard choice, I'm sure. But what would be the one line toy line you feel like you could never replace? Like, you, there's some in there you could replace, but I, what would be the one you would feel like you could never replace? You'd have to take with you. Can I guess? No, I don't have. I'm not a vintage collector. I don't have a lot of old vintage stuff that's like irreplaceable or really hard to replace. So it would be um, it, it, most of the stuff I have, I could replace, but it's a hard call for me because I feel like, I feel like it would be strangely, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't expecting a good question because I wasn't expecting this answer. It would be a Transformers thing and it would either be all my masterpiece Transformers from Takara or it would be mm. my, the recollected ones that I've, of G1 that I've done that um that i've refurbished myself and like cleaned up and re-stickered and and oh, made fun. um because i mean like those were those were a little bit harder because i put more effort into them so maybe it would be those you know i don't i don't know wow. that makes sense because when you i was going to say before when you talked about re kind of reclaiming those toys that were lost i think that's something that a lot of collectors go through there's like definite period where if you did lose things you go through the whole eBay collector search for stuff that you loved, but you you have you know you 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 need back in your life um, well, as a collector. If you want to spend a fortune, you can yeah. you can find stuff that's still in the box and in good condition. But if you're willing to put a little elbow grease into it, right. you can get something that's been out of the package. You can you know find the right one, clean it up. There's you know great people out there who make you know, stickers and sticker sheets from oh, yeah. for all the, yeah. uh, I'm sure you know who they are. Um, and, uh, and you can, you can bring them to life again if you're willing to put a little effort to it. I, I like getting to, 
you know, I'm not a customizer. So for me, I think I get some of the endorphins release that you get when you do a custom figure. I get when I refurbish a, an old Sure. But that makes it more special. I, I, that makes why you would save that line make total sense. I mean, what, that's more than just collecting. It's, yeah. it's, I it's thought you art. were going to say, I thought you were going to say Doctor Who myself, because boy, a that's lot of those I came thought. from England, and that is a tough line to collect. Or, or Simpsons, World of Springfield. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with those still, and I can't believe I would, wouldn't, didn't say those. <laughs> I, I have to say, I also, maybe if it's not my original G1s that I've refurbed, I, I would do my masterpiece to car only because I'm every, when you ask me the question, I, I cannot stop picturing Mike Grimlock in his apron with the bow tie and his tray of drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop picturing it. Like I don't know how I can live without that toy in my life. But I guess I could replace. Him. I guess I could replace him. But there's something about that toy that's just. Uh, that's 100. percent That is 100 percent understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. Oh, that's too funny. Well, I've got one. I've got uh, one last question for you before we let you go, um, and that is. Is there any toy in particular that you're looking forward to that's coming out this year that you saw at Toy Fair or anything coming out for one of your movies, uh, movie tie-in toys, or anything like that that you can answer or not answer? Is there any toy line that you're interested in coming out that's coming out this year? There are things I cannot talk about that I'm excited about um, (laughs) that are going to be amazing, um, but that I just – I only know – because I people have told me they're happening, but I I haven't seen them yet, so I I'm already still excited about them. Is, um, is this you know, action was, figures or yeah. is it okay? Yes, action figures. Um, I was by the way, I have to say, like, there's something about when you when they make action figures of things that you've done. Sure. Like I did, like just, when Justice League action figures were on shelves, like when they like the Booster Gold figure, and I've written a bunch of Booster Gold episodes. I'm thinking, oh, this is the greatest thing. Ever. Like this, this is the guy that I, you know, so if, if there are things that are coming out that are um, related to profit, some projects that I've worked on, those are going to be amazing. If that happens, can't say if they will or won't, but um, obviously I'm working on Transformers uh, War for Cybertron and I just got some really amazing news today, today of all days. And that <laughs> is that uh, Hasbro just approved the name uh, for a character for a toy that they're making for a character that is unique to the series and is going to be in the show. And I named him and that character is going to be a toy that we can all own. And I just think that's just one of the greatest things that I've ever heard when they called me to tell me that. Like that that sounds amazing. amazing. That's amazing. On the shelf, and the name on the package is the name that I gave him. He's the character that I'm writing. That it's like a plastic child. That's that pretty, is the coolest thing. That would be a amazing. dream come true. That would really, definitely be a dream come true. I really hope that I didn't say too much just then. I, if, if, I don't uh, think so. I have no idea. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. about so, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't, I don't know, I, I don't know what the hell you're talking in a bad so way. Okay. I don't think no, that was. No, 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 no. No. Good, good, good. I'm glad. All right. Well, Tim, we will definitely... I'll come back and talk about it when it happens. Oh, you certainly will, but also we're going to do a Simpsons podcast at some point. I was uh, just going to say that BCR Duke here also loves the Simpsons, and so we will definitely do a Simpsons podcast, and we'll bring you back on. And I know that's a subject you are very knowledgeable on. 
um, and all three of us are, and that's something we can definitely talk about. But we do here at each uh, each show separately collect them all in Action Figure Podcast. Appreciate you being here, Fancy Pants Hollywood writer Tim Sheridan. <laughs> Thank you, my friends. I'm so yes. glad. Yes, I, I absolutely love the podcast. Like I said, I haven't missed an episode. I'm going to keep listening and uh, keep keep going. This is this is a great show. I don't know. Thank you might you. after this one, you might just hate listening to yourself and never want to listen again. But no, I doubt that's I, true. I'm not going to be listening to this episode. This will be the one episode I don't listen to. <laughs> Why? You I should. Measly, horrible voice. Just the worst. <laughs> also, I'm talking to you on my AirPods, so the sound's going to be bad. Like, it's no, it's no, not. you sound like a guest. Like the the uh, other things like I listen to, they it's yeah. always like the guest has the different sound quality. It's actually kind of perfect. It's kitschy. It's like, like I'm calling you like the like airport on my way. Yes. To, you know, Someday. Yeah, so I got my AirPods on right now because, uh, yeah, uh, Mark Hamill and I are going to grab a drink. He's going to let me play with his 5.5-inch lightsaber. Mark Hamill and Alan Cumming and I are going to be making out later, so we thought we... <laughs> well, what's great about all of the people involved here is we have another Brian. You also have a Brian, don't you, Tim? My husband's name is Brian. So yeah. is mine. <laughs> yeah. Brian... So my husband's name is Brian. Brian's husband's name is Brian, and your husband's name is Brian Rain. Pretty right? much, uh, pretty much. Basically, I mean, we've, been, your, we've known each other for a law, long time. My common law husband's yeah, name is Brian. You're right. Common law husband. It's true. Yeah, yeah we'll I mean, see about we that. Sort of share. I mean, his giant aircraft carrier is inside my toy room right now. I so. bet it is. Ooh. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, he's like three podcasts behind. He won't hear this for months. Um, <laughs> but thank you again, Tim. Thank you, Brian Charles Rooney. This is your friend, Colonel Rain, saying, I don't know what the hell we say at the end of the show. What the hell do we say at the end of the show? We don't say anything. Check us out on, check us out. That's right. Uh, check us out on Instagram, rate us on iTunes, blah, 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 shill, shill, whatever. I'd like to, I'd like you to say, when you close every podcast, say, Reign of the Superman is available on Blu-ray <laughs> and on the DC oh app. Scooby Doo and the and Gourmet Ghost. The Gourmet Ghost at Target the and, yesterday. You should check that and out. Scooby Doo and the Curse of the Thirteenth Ghost as well That's is available. Right. So check that out. That are now Justice available. You go check them out. That's right. Yeah. On Hulu Justice and Quest is on Netflix. Good. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So go watch yeah. it all. Go watch check it out all our now. Pod, check out our podcast account on Instagram at Each Sold Separately That's Podcast. Right. And when you see your friend Tim Sheridan's name in the credits, go, boy, that guy's a huge nerd. All right. <laughs> and be grateful. Be, and be grateful. grateful. He's, a He's huge wearing a Bugs Bunny shirt with a Florida State hat sitting by a Transformer poster. This person is a nerd plus an Don't awesome football fan. Giant Snorlax on the table. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. These new guys. Why are they here? What is their place? In a world without a Superman. The Man of Steel is dead. We saw the body. It's time for human beings to stop relying on leagues and titans and start saving ourselves. I can give each of you the power to be your own hero. 
Clark's body disappears and suddenly these new supermen show up out of the blue. Who the hell are you? I'm Superman. There is only one Superman. You look like Superman, but Superman died in my arms. For my people, death doesn't have to be the end. Terrible things are coming, Lois. I can feel it. We gotta be our own heroes. We sure as hell could make some noise. When the Daily Planet said Superman is dead, it painted a target on the Earth. How do we even begin to fight that? Shakespeare were alive today, he would probably be writing for Doctor Who. The Doctor is a 900-year-old alien uh, from a race called the Time Lords. His time capsule, that takes him to wherever he needs to go. This is actually the console room. This is where all of the mechanics for the time machine uh, exist. And this is all of time and space out here. Some of the aliens the Doctor meets are threats, and some of them are friendly. The iconic enemy in Doctor Who is a race called the Daleks. And actually, this is a Dalek right here. This is the Supreme Dalek. This is the Empress of the Rachnos. I have favorite episodes from the new series, favorite episodes from the old series. She appeared in an episode called The Runaway Ride, which was a Christmas special. I have favorite episodes for each Doctor. There have been 10 Doctors. There's an 11th one starting soon. He has a humanity about him, a greater humanity sometimes than, than human beings do. The doctor teaches people a better way to live their lives and to be better than each other. And I think that's incredible. I think that's beautiful. The number one thing that people say when 